Hey there, baseball fans. This is episode 14 of the Fair or Foul podcast, this week in Delaware baseball edition. I'm the catcher T-Bone, and boy, did we have some phenomenal baseball games this past week. Another no-hitter, a couple of late comebacks, and movement in the top five as the regular season winds down. Episode 14, coming at you. Here's what's happening this week in Delaware baseball. Okay, so this week's performance of the week comes out of Wilmington for the Sals. Salesianum starting pitcher Aiden O'Brien started Tuesday versus Caravelle and tossed six no-hit innings while striking out eight. Zach Zarnecki completed the no-no as he retired the side in the seventh to complete a full seven-inning no-hitter. Congrats to those two young men, the Sals, and to catcher Jude Swift, the freshman. A wild week this week. Number one lost a couple of close ones, but then blew out number two to round out the week. Before we get started, though, I did want to touch on one simple thing. I watched a parent bring tissues to the starting pitcher in the dugout, who, by the way, was dealing on the day, having a great day. I think he just struck out the side. Not sure why mom brought the tissues to the dugout, runny nose, allergies, crying. I don't know. But come on, moms and dads, I'm sure the team have some type of material to wipe whatever needed to be wiped. Bad look, almost guaranteeing your son will be living with you at 30. Okay, let's get started with the outsiders looking in, outside of the top 10. Milford had a rough week, losing a close one to number two Sussex Tech, then getting boat raced by Sussex Central 21-2, giving up 20 hits. Wow. The Bucks can still do damage in the tourney at 10 and 4, but right now they are pony boy to me. That's an outsider's reference. They're outside the top 10. I was all ready to insert Sal's back into my top 10 with a no-hitter early in the week, a win at Father Judge, but then coughing up a 7-0 lead and losing in extras to Delmar keeps them out at 7 and 4. They've lost some close ones to four top teams but you got to win more of those. Soda pop for the Sals, another outsider to me. So on to the top 10. If you've been following along week to week, you'll recognize that I will be keeping Tower Hill in the top 10 until they stumble. Another perfect week as the Hillers blow through Murderer's Row in Tattnall, St. Andrews, and Brandywine this week. Marty, don't call me McFly coin, moves to 4-0. Can't wait, can't wait to see them get tested soon and see how they fare. A rematch for Sanford this week, who they handled 8 to nothing first time through, followed by Saney's, but then Milford Saturday. A clean week, and I'll move the Hillers up a bit in the top 10. They sit at 9-1. and one. Number 9 this week, a newcomer. I've been dying to get these guys in the top 10, and they've done it on their own. Delmar, 8-3-1, a team I've been watching from afar for a bit. Seeing that tie on their schedule does drive me bunkers. There's no tying in baseball. Regardless, they've got some quality wins and three quality losses by a total of four runs, along with that season opener tie. Their quality wins versus Cape Central this past week and a comeback win versus Sal's. Delmar is no sleeper. 
Caden Parker, Andrew Callaway, along with Jack Ford and Dylan Pasta are leading the way for the Wildcats. Okay, so the next eight I'm going to call my power eight, as I believe from my own eyes watching his games this year, the state championship winner will be really one of any of these eight teams. Most years, the number is closer to two or three teams, but I believe the winner this year is coming out of a larger group of eight. The cool thing this year in the state is any of these eight teams that are I'm getting ready to name in the top eight could lose to any of the teams really nine through 22-ish, but I just don't believe nine through 20 can get all the way through and bring it home. Sorry, guys. Uh, but this next group, the Power Eight, one of these teams will be your eventual champion. Number eight, Conrad. Ten and three has reeled off seven straight, which they should have with only the Sals as the winning team out of the seven. The Redskins, sorry, the Red Wolves are beating who they should, but only one and three versus the top 12. Tyler Prong is leading the way offensively. Number seven, Cape Henlopen at 10 and four had a rough week as they lost two out of three. The comeback kids at Delmar got him Thursday, and Apo beat him as well, helped by some shaky defense Saturday to get the win. Cape's got a good group down there, plays solid D, has some solid pitching, and certainly will be tough in the tournament. And again, in my eyes, they, uh, they do have a shot to take it down, so we'll check back on them next week. At number six this week, at 10-3, and three, the Golden Knights of Sussex Central pounded out 20 freaking hits versus Milford this week. I haven't seen an offense as good as Central this year yet. Quality ABs up and down the lineup. They've scored almost a million runs this year. I like their chances to go deep as the best offensive team in the state, maybe. At number five, DMA at 12-2. and two. Don't hate me, Coach Lewis, because I dropped you to number five with one loss. I love the comeback win versus St. Mark's in the last inning, but not so much the loss versus Archmere. And this just comes down to strength. Of schedule, I love the energy over there and the lineup and the pitching is deep. The defense is solid. The team is coached well. I think this team can win it all as well. My concern is simply no tune-ups before the state. The last few games down the stretch are all sub-500 teams, so I'm hoping that that doesn't hurt you going into a state tournament playing some tougher teams. Okay, my final four goes like this. Number four, St. Mark's drops from number one to number four. They come in at 13-2. Two tight losses this week. Again, that loss at uh, DMA, that was a real tough one. And also the loss at Apo, both one-run losses. Regardless, two losses in a week, a light schedule until this past week, and they dropped to number four. Two more tough tests come towards this week and the end of next week against Cape at Sally's, bookend by a game against Mount Pleasant that should be an easy victory. Looks like Comrie should be able to line up and throw both games against Cape and Sal's. We'll see about that. And they are the best team in the state, in my opinion, when Comrie's pitching and Anderson behind the dish. So St. Mark's in at number four, 13 and two. Sussex Tech comes in at number three. Tech comes in at 12 and two with two losses in the top four. They're still one of my front runners. One more big game versus arch rival Central on Tuesday will be their last real test and tell us a lot more about the Ravens heading into the tournament. But Coach Jefferson's got a great group down there. They look like a football team, for gosh sakes. Uh, They've got some solid, big, healthy guys down there. So anxious to see them, see if they can get back on track against their rival, Central, 
and DJ Long's group down there. That leaves two teams for the top one and two spot in the fair or foul top 10. And again, both of these may surprise you, but hey, it's my top 10. Number two, St. George's comes in at 11 and two. Now for all you baseball gurus out there that think, ah, they haven't played the toughest schedule either. Why them over St. Mark's, DMA, or Tech? And an early bad loss to Quality South's team is their only blemish as their other loss was to powerhouse Malvern. And St. George's had them bamboozled up 8-2 to two in the last inning before some really good players hit home runs off their solid number three pitcher late. This is just the eye test for me. They've got a lefty-heavy hef- lineup. They've got solid D, a couple of dart throwers on the mound, Uh, That gives them one of my favorite rotations in the whole state. They have a tough week this week. They've got Motown, Conrad, that's Middletown, by the way, Conrad, and Dover. They could slide on any of these, but if they survive this week, I'm hoping that this leads us up to a number one and another number one and number two matchup between St. George and Apo the following week. And yes, I am rooting for St. George's. Mostly because Jeff Rogers agreed that if he does win the state championship, he will get a tattoo of T-Bone right on his keister. All right, my number one this week, again, may surprise a lot because they're a three-loss team, but Apo comes in at number one. They are 10-3, and and they're defending state champs as well. They've reeled off eight in a row after losing three straight. And again, those, those three losses were to quality teams and a total of only four runs. They're going to make it 11 in a row this week before the showdown versus St. George's because they've got three cupcakes this week. But the bottom line is, if Deacons throws more strikes and he keeps his hat on after every pitch, they're going to be a real tough out in the playoffs. I am hoping that Apo sweeps, St. George's sweeps, so that matchup right before the playoffs, St. George's versus Apo, will be a phenomenal one, I believe, the following week. All right, before I end the show this week, I want to shout out again to a player who helped me start this journey in coaching baseball and developing young people. Eleven years ago, I was contemplating my next move in life. I was a successful in real estate business and a professional poker player. I was longing to get back into the game in some form as my son was starting to play baseball at age seven. A father I just met came up to me and asked me if I'd take a look at his son and possibly work with him, as he thought his son was pretty good. I said sure, went to a game of his as an 8th grader, and agreed the kid was pretty good and I'd work with him as his hitting instructor. Well, I fell in love with the coaching side of baseball after one session, and this kid had a lot to do with it, as I'm not sure if I would have had the passion for it if not for him being one of the first kids I worked with individually. The player's name is Kyle Baker. The reason I bring this up, and I believe I mentioned it last week, Kyle became only the 37th player in University of Delaware history to record his 200th hit this weekend. Not only did he grab 200 this weekend versus Hofstra, he added 10 more on the weekend to currently sit 33rd all-time at hits at UAD, with a chance to be in the top 30 all-time in hits for his career. Kyle has set the gold standard for me as a coach, as he was simply the hardest-working, most dedicated kid I have ever coached. Does he have some talent? Yes. But it's his desire to be great and the decisions to do the things necessary to be great 
that got him to where he is now. Every kid wants to play Division I and go pro, but not every kid wants to do what it takes. Kyle did everything in his power, both mentally and physically, to be great. And along the way, there was some adversity. He lost two seasons to injury and one to COVID, and he just kept coming back for more and pushing through the obstacles placed in front of him. Bake is what every player should aspire to be because through the ups and downs in his career, he maintained his work ethic and desire to be great. Too many young people nowadays, when the going gets tough, they just quit or move to a different team or just give up during the trying times. Kyle Baker made me a better coach, and I'll miss watching him play and following his baseball career. I'll miss you texting me to go to work after no for four and texting me to go to work after a four for four. So thank you to Kyle for being who you are, and thank you for allowing me to be a small part of this 11-year journey in your baseball career. Okay, that's it for this week in Delaware High School Baseball. Thanks so much for tuning in. Twitter, at Pod, Instagram, at Pod, www.farafowlpodcast.com. Email me, DM me, Troy at Farafowlpodcast.com. Love to hear your questions, your thoughts, all those things. Again, thanks for listening. We have a great interview dropping Wednesday with Eric Buckland, the pitching guru at Hardball Factory, so make sure you tune in for that this Wednesday. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Fair or Foul with your host, Troy O'Neill. If you enjoyed this episode, have comments or ideas you'd like to share, we'd love to hear them. So send your email to Troy at fairorfoulpodcast.com or visit our website, fairorfoulpodcast.com. Be sure to join us again next week for another episode of Fair or Foul.